How's it going? This is episode 24 of The Pursuit of Sound with Double Crown, and I have a very special guest in the studio today named Stormy. Uh, it's his artist name. Go ahead and introduce yourself, though, and plug your socials. Yeah, my name is Stormy. Um, my socials are Stormy of Goldmine, pretty much on everything. I'm a uh, Charleston-based artist uh, by way of Johnson City, Tennessee. But yeah, we're going to be talking about the album I'm putting out on Tuesday. It's called 27. And yeah. Yeah, this one is one to listen to. And I've got a lot to say about this album. I know you've definitely got a lot to say about this album. There's things that we've talked about and not talked about on this album that I'm eager to discuss. And... um. I mean, sheesh, I, I should let you open up the, the floor on that one. First off, just to let everybody know, Stormy of Goldmine, that's S-T-O-R-M-Y of Goldmine, M-I-N-E, on his uh, socials, because the artist collective is Goldmine. Yeah. Just had to get that. Yeah, thanks but, for um, the clarification. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and open up the floor on the album, man. It's such a good, such a good album, and I'm so glad I'm getting to master it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Like you said, you uh, he he mastered the album. It's um, something that I've been working on with um, a producer friend of mine. His name is Hayden. Um, known him since like maybe middle school, but uh, so cool. Yeah, man. We we've been working on it since probably 2021. And really started the album um, recording on my truck. I'm a, I'm a truck driver. It's badass. Yeah. So some of the album tracks that I recorded, like being on like a semi truck, literally. But uh, yeah, we started out really not even knowing that we were making an album. Initially, we uh, just started recording, started sending stuff over. And just what was going on in my life at the time, I just started knocking stuff out. Like the music was kind of writing itself. Um, and eventually we had like, I don't even know, like 30, 40 songs. Oh, damn. And you just, whittled it down to seven. Yeah. Oh, well, I didn't know that. Well, just, just on top of that, just stuff we had been making, um, just like little snippets here and there. When I say 30 or 40 songs, not necessarily full songs, but, um, but yeah, we had a ton of music even before, uh, even before 2021, we had, we just had like a stash of music, but I would say the records that are on the project, started right, right around that part, uh, 2021 or so. But, um, but yeah, we had a ton of music and whittled it down to seven, seven songs because what I usually do as far as when I'm doing like a, an album. So yeah, that's, that's kind of where we're at at the moment. And it sounds like y'all spent time on it in a good way. Uh, you know, 2021, it's 2023 now. I mean, the beginning of 2023, so... You know, I think y'all spent long enough on it and, you know, seven songs. I'm curious when we start, like people will, when they start becoming familiar with the material, like I'm curious, I become curious about which song was written when, yeah. you know what I mean? On the album. Um, but there's a lot of other things I want to discuss first before we even get into that part of it. Um this this record has just got such a signature sound. Yeah. I really admired the production value in the mixes as they came to me. I sort of just like, all right, like what's what's this gonna sound like? Let's see what we got. And um I remember I don't want to know is the first one I worked on, and that one was super solid, like a nice uplifting vibe. 
which was like sort of a contrast to it was an interesting song lyrically because it's like i feel like that one is sort of talking about literally suicide yeah you know what i mean and like and it you you describe it in such this way that it's it's uplifting like you you start out in almost like say like a depressed state and then you realize like why life is worth living and you describe it really well yeah that um that song in particular like when i'm working on a project um i like to kind of pick a cornerstone type of song to build the entire project around and that song in particular was really i'd say the cornerstone for this project um like after doing that i had a good idea of what the rest of the songs uh should sound like or even um which songs to use right so yeah that that song in particular as far as the, like the subject matter and everything it's just kind of a song that, that wrote itself um when i was working on it it kind of just flowed everything and yeah that wasn't the first song that i recorded when i when i say like the cornerstone but the first song i recorded for the project was acting out oh. right i recorded that track on my truck and it had a completely different beat. Um, and Hayden and I revised that song probably four times. That like the the version that's on the album is like the fourth version of it. Damn. But yeah, so like initially it was that was like a club record. Like it had a really hype, almost like a hyper pop type of beat to it, or like rage. Hmm. Interesting. Like, uh, yeah. It it kind of had like the the high pitch uh, synthesizers, like the eight oh eights, everything. And then the second iteration oh. of it um, kind of was more trappy. And then next we did something that was like a really chill, like soft guitar. And then obviously, like you've heard the, the final cut of it, but it's kind of like a more soulful, like sampled record. Yeah. So. We can even start sneaking in some previews if you want, just to get, a, just to get an ear on it. Yeah. Start with, I don't want to know. Because we talked about that one first. first record. Yeah. But yeah, I don't want to know is, uh, like I said, I remember I actually met up with Hayden and we um, we were talking and I was basically telling him, I was like, look, we need to take this record and kind of expand on this sound because I, I really felt like it could go in like a unique direction. So that's kind of, it shaped the rest of the project. I hear what you're saying. That's a good way to go about developing a record. You know, start with one that has like a cornerstone vibe to it that you want to. Okay, so I don't want to know. It has a really cinematic intro and it's like your birthday record. So it's like, happy birthday. It just sounds like a memory. Yeah. And I really like your tone of voice. 
You've got like this sort of standout voice. There's something about like a distinct character yeah. to your, the way you sound. Yeah. I really, kind of like the influence for the way that I, I use my voice on the record is kind of more so based around like blues. Kind of really? The, kind of the way, the way that they growl in the, in the record almost, the way that they sing where it has the raspiness to it. Yeah. Um, kind of like B.B. King, like the thrill is gone. Like the way that he sings that record, um, that's kind of what this is based around. Like the way that I like to use my voice when I'm recording so Dude, and like the... The more you listen to it, the more you realize that there's like these, like your your vibratos are actually awesome. Like it's hard to do that as a vocalist, and you throw them in like in just the right amount of places. Like the way you do, I don't want to know. Like I don't, like that's hard to do, and you do it so well. And I love all these takes and. I'm surprised that this is blues influence. This is like the cool insights yeah. behind like producers commentary and artist commentary on these things. I appreciate that. Yeah, I I'm true enough to myself to know I'm not the greatest singer, but I have a good idea how to use my voice in a way that I feel like sounds pretty cool. Man, who knows? Like this who could even be the greatest singer technically? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's like you just have to be the best singer you can be. Yeah. I uh that's kind of what I, I don't know. I just like to try to make something like unique sounding when I, when I sit down to record. And honestly, I got to give a lot of props to Hayden because he's, he's made this, like the way that we work is, is really kind of organic. Um, I don't know. He, he kind of really knows when I, if I have an idea of, or if he has an idea, we're always on the same page as far as like, I know exactly what he's talking about when he's like, we should do something like this, but change this. And I'm like, okay, I know exactly what you mean. And if I send him an idea, he knows exactly what I'm talking about the majority of the time. So I don't know, like working with him has made this entire pro like process super like smooth. And it's, it's been fun to record this, like to put it all together. And honestly, like I hadn't recorded much for this in the last probably, I don't know, like six months. So like the last half a year has been spent just tweaking stuff, adding samples, yeah. changing stuff around. Because like I said, I'm, I'm I'm on the road driving trucks. So I've spent, I've listened to all these songs a million times. Yeah, that's what I was realizing. It was just like, dude, you've already sent there, spent the time, like you know these things front to back, like the back of your hand. And I can tell that there was a lot of time spent on this, like the way that there's like the samples, like I'm one of the ones I can't forget is like the Tokyo Drift sample. Yeah. Dun, 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 yeah. Dun, dun. That one gets me every time. Now I love to hear it and I anticipate it and I'm like, blung, blung, blung. dude, that's funny. Cause I things like that. Yeah. That like, uh, like listening to the tracks, like I would, I would be driving every day and I would listen like, it wasn't something that I felt like I had to do, but every day I was like, I want to listen to this. And that's what kind of got me excited to put this out because I want to make something that I would want to listen to. Right. So with that, just like small sample in there, I heard that in my head every time I would listen to it. Uh -huh. So when I, when Hayden and I sat down to fix all the arrangements, when we wanted to put this out, that's something I told him. I was like, Hey, let's do this. And you know exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> so it's been pretty cool. Um, and that's really cool that you get that much time to spend 
listening to your projects while you're on the road, it's a really a perfect way to kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. Get your work done and also work on the album. Driving around in the car, it's literally like the best environment for that. Literally. Yeah. I wonder how those speakers are. Not, yeah, not do good. they knock? They're not, good. not good. <laughs> They're not good. They are some of the worst ones you can think of. Uh, I, I came from that too, though. Yeah. Wait, what do you mean? Like, my last car was a piece of shit, and <laughs> like the speakers yeah. reflected. And, you know, having to listen to my mixes and try to understand how they're translating through them, like yeah. slightly blown out speakers in like a 2001 GMC Jimmy. And like the plastics rattling and everything. Yeah. You kind of got to, sometimes you just got to work with what you got. Yeah. It's, it's the best that we can do. You know, it's better than not working on what you, you know what I mean. <laughs> All right, here, let's play acting. Out. <laughs> there you go. See, another good album intro. The reverse sample. Mm-hmm. It's trippy. I don't know where that's from, but I feel like I've heard it before. Yeah. I was just messing around, like, looking for samples because, like I said, um... Yeah, we played this last night at Warehouse. No, yeah. Just sidebar, like, seeing... Like, he played this last night um, because we went out uh, with my family for my birthday. And to see people, like, reacting to it live, when I've been listening to... Like, there's... There's been maybe two or three people that know about this song this entire time, right? And to see like a, a room full of people dancing to it. They've never cool. heard it before. Yeah. It was very cool. Yo, they were getting that. Like, I always have this level of nervousness, even when I play out like something I work on. Yeah. Because that's the way it is. Like, I were you not nervous? I was a little nervous. I'm always I was, I was a little nervous. But yeah. More so because like you, I mean, you had a really good set last night. Thanks, dude. And uh, like the records you were playing, people were responding to. So I was like, okay, how do I fit in here? Because when he plays this, people aren't going to know it. So to see you fit it in the way that you did, like the, the song, and then people actually responded to it. I was like, okay, like this actually means something. Like this, this is a good sign. Yeah, those ladies were getting saucy <laughs> yeah. to the show. I, I can't even lie. They were throwing like very good moves with it. Just like, Ugh. I'm like... They're almost responding better to this than like some of the other tracks that they should know. Yeah. Like straight up. And I I mean yeah. that makes me so happy. I know it. I knew that this has just got like that sound to it. There's just something, there's just some secret sauce that y'all put into this recipe. I appreciate that. I really do. Uh this one's just like all day vibes. Yeah. This could be anywhere, anytime. This puts me in a good mood that I really do like that bass line just the way it is. Yeah. Because we were like, oh, I love this feature. But yeah, Stormy was like, dude, can you try some bass parts for this? And I gave it a go. And I don't know. I really, I personally liked this one. It was hard to even lay down a bass line because I was like, this is kind of better than what I could think of. It just it sounds like it fits. Yeah. 
I do want to give a shout out to uh, Soul. Uh, he's the feature on that. Yeah, how do you spell it for our listeners? It's um, S-Zero-U-L. It's all capital. Um, but he's from Ireland. And crazy. Yeah, he's. I found him on SoundCloud. But he's a producer that I've been working with for a while. He produced a lot of my last EP, my last EP, Mr. Woods. And Yo, go check it out, Mr. Yeah. Woods. He produced Stormy. He produced, I think, three songs on there. And um, we had done another song where I didn't know that he was doing vocals and stuff. So uh, he sent me a different song, and I was kind of thinking for a while that acting out needed a, a feature, and I sent it to him on a different beat. It wasn't even this beat. And uh, yeah, he, he did a, like a. I don't know. I really liked what he did, but I got to give a big shout out to him because what's, what's kind of cool is like the two features that are on the project, they're both are, are producers, like people that don't regularly record music, but I I just already knew that they are good at make, like at recording too. That's so. insane. You got to love a multifaceted cat. Yeah. And then this part right here. Yeah, I love this part. This outro, I produced that on my um you know musical typing on like logic or, yes i i did that sitting in the passenger seat on the truck while my brother was driving i literally like put this last part together but i i, uh -oh. I don't know i i felt like it really went well let's run it back because i i think that it's just such a cool like club outro vibe i i i don't think i played that last night and i should have it didn't like yeah. occur to me but like like that that really just give that album feel to an album yeah do the next one thrice thrice was a, a beast to put together honestly like all the moving parts of it i'm sure even like in the mastering progress like process as you're working on it you kind of seen there's like a lot of like moving parts in this song of like different sounds different frequencies everything like that but for real. Big. Yeah, this one's really cool. I love the 808 line. There's like this weird delay on it that works really well. Yeah. Like when the beat comes in right here, right? And then right here. Oh, it's not the Where is it? Yeah. Oh, that one gets me every time. Huge serotonin boost. Mm. That guitar part. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, hold up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is this is one of my favorites. I mean, I like all of them, but I like this track a lot. Mm. Those high hats and then like the the way you ride that beat is crazy, dude. Like, Oh, and that harmony, yeah. oh, and that tambourine, dude. 
I just something about this it's like something I haven't heard before but it seems kind of familiar it's yeah. like addictive it's like Ain't a way that's insane, dude. I might be playing a version that we, because we went through so many different versions of this song. Yeah. I'm like, wait, which one was the one? Because <laughs> I, I might should just be playing off the full album printout. Oh, it sounds so good. Yeah. That um. Yeah, so so thrice being like a, oh uh, yeah, uh, hold on, you, we gotta hear this part. Yeah. yeah. Oh no no no, we gotta run it back just a little. Bit. Okay, so it goes from like this up tempo, kind of like cut time feel though. Yeah. And then it breaks down. Yeah, super. <laughs> I get holes in my lip too. It's all good. Yeah. At least you're not wearing your designer jacket. Put it on my Okay. Yeah. I love how it goes, like, double cut time. It's something about that that just, like, really brings you into the beat. And you're like, oh, they hit it like that? Yeah. Like, three, two, one. Oh, what? Okay. I love how you take your time with it. The cool thing about this uh, higher record, like this second half of Thrice, is that the melody of this, that like that uh, guitar in the background, oh. he just sent me the melody for that. And I recorded the vocals over uh, just the, the loop that he had sent me and sent him the vocals back. And then he sent me back this record with the percussion, with the uh, bass line and, the, and samples and everything in the background. But he literally just sent me a melody and he kind of worked it like that. You wrote just to a single guitar melody. Yeah, well, yeah, just like the sample of this record, he just had the melody to it, just the guitar, and recorded a hook to it. Actually, no, I recorded the entire song over a loop and sent him back the vocals and then he built the rest of the beat around it. It's insanity. But we, we've done a couple records on the album like that, but... It's, it's kind of cool because, I mean, I don't know, Hayden's, Hayden's a really good producer. He's good at some, putting stuff together, so. I can tell. Because this song takes so many different kind of changes, like personality changes yeah. in a really cool way. Like, that's where it gives it that album feel yet again, like continuity from track to track to track. It's You wouldn't expect something like this really at... Un, until maybe a certain amount of time into one's music career. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there's just something so mature about this where it's like very much your own formula. I love shit that breaks the rules in just the right way. Yeah. It's almost like some stuff from a Her Loss. Yeah. Where the beat will just literally change up in the middle of the track and they, they'll call it the same song. Yeah. I'd say um, this song is kind of... Not, I didn't initially intend to do it like this, but I had three records I really liked. Realized they were all in the same key, 
And I was like, these songs would sound really good together. This is three songs in one? Yeah. That's it, And then thrice. Yeah. And it's the third song. Yeah. It's triple threes, baby. Yeah, exactly. Oh, get it out. But yeah. Um, Lit. To put them all together, it was kind of inspired by uh, Pyramids by Frank Ocean. I don't know that one. You know? It, it's, no. It's a three-part track. It's nine minutes long. It's got three. It's like... Basically telling a similar story from three different time periods. So it's initially talking about like Cleopatra, like running off with somebody, uh-huh. and then it's talking about a girl that's working at like a at a club called the Pyramid, and it's kind of got the continuity to it. But it's it's um, yeah, this song is kind of inspired by like after the fact to put them together the way that it, it goes together, inspired by pyramids. And again, after the fact, I realized that. Each song is talking about a change in elevation. So the first track, Roll Credits, was the initial title. It's talking about hitting rock bottom. Okay. The second track is called Going Higher. Oh. It's, it's about going higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the third track is called Falling Moon. So it's almost like a. it takes a journey um, in itself that hitting rock bottom, digging down, going higher, trying to take it every night, trying to go higher, trying to go to the next level. And then Falling Moon is talking about taking it back down. Hmm. It's kind of the cycle of how things are in life of that, you know, things come in seasons. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Interesting. And for those that don't really, like, you kind of have to pay attention to those things, like concept album characteristics. It's a whole thing for the artist that's writing it because conceptualizing the continuity between every single track and really having that theme and understanding the way that all the different songs, like thinking about the way that they all bind together is just another like synergizing point in the whole thing around a concept album. Yeah. And it's on all levels, dude. So that's really cool. Like, I feel like you're talking about like the perfect things. Like, thank you. when you wrote it, where you were, how it came to you, what influenced that. Yeah. So this is the outro of Thrice. We're about like halfway through, I can tell. The whole entire album is 27 minutes long because it's gonna be your 27th birthday Mm -hmm. on Tuesday. Yeah. And happy early birthday. Thank you. And um, And the album's called 27. And the album's called 27. Yeah. And... Which I just like, I guess finalized that idea like a month ago. Oh, really? Yeah. What were you up in the air with? Like, um, I was kind of, I had a couple different names. Um, I thought about calling it Go Figure, but okay. like, uh, like G O G H, Go Figure, like Van Gogh. Oh. Um, <laughs> I, but I didn't, I didn't love the name. Yeah. Um, one, there's a couple reasons I called it 27. One reason is because my first album was called Seven. Really? Yeah. Like That's I still, I like the continuity of stuff. I like to have um, signatures of having like familiarity for the people that are aware of stuff that I've done before to see a common thread. Um, and the entire time I knew I was making a project, like I knew eventually I was going to come up with, with a name, and I was just like, okay. I was kind of stressed about it because I was like, I, do, I need a really good name. But um, eventually, I was like, dude, I know, I know there's going to be a sign. Like, I know that something's going to come to me. And I was, um, 
doing the cover shoot with uh, with Rook Barber. Shout out to Rook Barber. Shout out Rook. Um, and we were we were shooting on Folly, and there was a uh, and I already had the the name Twenty Seven kind of in my head, but there was a um, a rock that has uh, Twenty Seven spray painted on it. While we were taking the the cover shoot, where was it at? It was on Folly. Oh like, yeah, like near Sorry. the um, like the lighthouse. Yeah, I know what you're saying. You go out on that like stretch of a walk yeah. out to where all like the dead trees are, kind of on the yeah, yeah. Man, this song is so good, dude. This is the first one we played last night, mm-hmm. and um, it just has this club feel. I feel like I want to run it back. Dude, reverse stuff just like yeah, always yeah. catches my ear. Yeah. So this is Hayden singing. Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah, this one is an upbeat banger. Yeah. Really good for the club. It's like 120 BPM. Yeah. I think. Don't care. <laughs> Don't care what you say. <laughs> And I love the way that it It's so catchy. Yeah. And then I don't know what the sample is right here, but it's really good. Don't worry about tomorrow. Yeah. Is that guitar work? I gotta give I gotta give a shout out to Hayden on this record. Cause uh he, he initially um this was initially his record and he gave it to me. Um but with everything, like he produced everything on the project, so it it fit with what we were doing. And he gave me this record because, like, initially he showed it to me, and he was like, "Yeah, um, I made this. Like, what do you think?" Blah blah blah. And like one night, I was kind of in a slump when I was recording, and I pulled it up and just like looped like a part of it so I could try to put a verse on it. And I wasn't even initially like planning on putting that out. I just was like, "I'm just gonna send this to him, see what he thinks." Like, I thought it was cool. Yeah, and then when when he listened to it, he was like, "Dude, we got to put this out," and I was like, "Word." Mm-hmm. And then when we was, like we're talking about the project, he was like, uh, "We were talking about putting it out," and I was like, "Dude, would you care if I put this on the project?" And he was like, "You should absolutely should put this on the project." So I got to give a shout out to him because he he gave me this record really, but it fits so well with what we were already doing. Uh, I I kind of felt like I had to be on there. It's it's such a good addition. It's. It's that one track that really kind of has that legit house feel and I feel like it's relevant and it's uplifting. And it's so interesting because he's like, the lyrics, he's like, I don't care what you say. No, 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 don't care what you say. But like the vibe yeah. is so like, I find that contrast um, continuing throughout this project. And it it's just so funny. I, I just sort of... Um, giggle at that in a good way it just gets me it just gets me because you're like wait i don't care what you say say (laughs) it's like yeah i don't give a fuck like (laughs) i'm like it just puts you into yourself you're like yeah like self-empowerment kind of yeah and then your bars on the verse are just like an AK-47, you're like, and it's just like, it's so solid that it makes me want to memorize all the lyrics and re-listen to it. Here, it's, 
And the rebuilds. Oh, cut time. Yeah, that change up is everything. I love the change ups. <laughs> it's like the same, but with that 808. Ooh. Yeah. And this is your verse right here, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like Eminem, but <laughs> I needed one. Uh, I need to hit it one time for the album with, with the with the double time flow. I need to hit it one time. So. It's such a cool reprieve because like the vocals in this part are like elongated. Say, uh, uh, uh. He's like saying few words over a long period of time and then when you come in it's like the opposite yeah. it's just like what <laughs> everybody just sits there and gets their mind blown <laughs> i appreciate it and then yeah that don't worry about tomorrow uh. <laughs> album vibes still like bleeds into these interludes yeah I gotta give it up to Hayden. Yo, how, can you shout out Hayden? Like, what's his um, socials again? His um, socials on Instagram, he's Hay uh, Hayden Rashad. Um, but yeah, he, he, on Instagram, he's Hayden Rashad. Like um, H-A-Y-D-E-N-R-I-S-H-A-A-D. Yeah, H A A D, I believe. I want to say I don't want to. I don't want to get it wrong, but yeah. Come on, I, I got this. But yeah. But yeah, I will say thank you, Hayden. For real, like yeah, he, R, he, he, yeah. R A S H A A D. Yeah. Go on though. But yeah, do want to give a huge thanks to Hayden though, because he's like, like I got telling you before. Um, he's done a lot of heavy lifting on this project uh, as far as he's done all the mixing, he's done all the production, he's done a bunch of arrangements and everything like that. I mean, he's come up with a ton of ideas and uh, yeah, like he's it made my life really easy for, for to make this project because the beats, he, he sent me so many beats for this. We did so many records. Um, he's probably sent me like quite literally hundreds of beats. And Jeez. Uh, but yeah, we narrowed it all down to seven tracks, and yeah, that's insane, he's, he's, dude. He's done a lot of a lot of work, so to big shout able. out to Hayden. Yeah, seriously, I've never even met him, and I wish so badly that he was able to join in on this podcast, even through the phone, because I've got so many things I want to pick his brain on, um, and he he's producing on a very pro level. I gotta admit, it's just so deliberate like mature i love it it sounds timeless straight out the box like yeah. just the tinge of it it's just like it doesn't sound like something that you'll just listen to once it sounds like something you will listen to like forever this one like the melodies are just so nostalgic instantly like this one especially so 
And the, one of the things I really love about this next track, Softball, that last track was called um, Say. Say, yeah. But this one, Softball, there's something about the, it's like that relatable sort of hip rap, like hip hop rap beat, but then the way that there's like that slight drum and bass influence on yeah. like the hi-hats tambourine thing, that gets me going. Because yeah. <laughs> like the variety is everything. Yeah. Uh, even though there's a variety, it's still very in the same pocket. So this was originally recorded over like a UK garage beat. No, uh Yeah. Oh my god. So it was recorded on like a like a garage beat, and w- didn't quite love the version. So I sent the vocals to Hayden, and he came back with this beat. Dude, he does he play guitar? Uh, no. Oh wait, the, yeah, yeah. The tech is. Oh, one of these. Wait, yeah. All these parts get me, I'm sorry. Thank you. Wait, what were you saying? This one's got me scatterbrained. <laughs> no, I was just saying, um, yeah, it was originally on a like a garage, like oh, in the UK. Yeah. And we took the vocals, I sent it over to Hayden, and he um, he came back with this beat. And I remember when um, he sent it to me, I was waiting to get a haircut. Like it was... Um, like you waiting outside in the car, you know, they come and grab you. But I, he was like, hey, uh, I just finished this, check this out. And he sent it to me and I was in my car and I played it and I was like, dude, I texted him. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, this is crazy. But I was super excited. Like it, I don't know. I, I'm very excited about like all the tracks on this on this record for real. But it's, it's cool to be excited about what you're working on because... We've done stuff in the. We've shelved entire albums in the past. Jesus. So to have something to be excited about, like, I don't know. That's pretty cool. A, yeah, that means a lot. I was excited to work on this. It just felt like I was part of something important. I mean, I work on so many different projects, and everybody does such a great job on all their stuff. But there's something about this that I, I just felt was just relatable and something that I could latch on to because as much as I work on some other people's stuff, like the sounds of this record and the lyrics and everything and the melodies, it just, it really does something to me. And it's crazy. Like I was telling you before when we were going to the store, I was like, dude, I just felt like I really got to know you without even knowing you. I appreciate that. Like the, the lyrics are so thought out. And like this one, this track, dude, it just like speaks of like dysfunctional relationships, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Can you tell me about like something like that w- went by? I don't know if they can hear it. I'll probably splice in direct audio as much as I can. But um, what's the name of this track for them? Strange Love. Strange Love. Yeah. And this is track six. Yeah. And... Yeah, tell me a little bit about this lyrically. Um, so lyrically, um, with the with the song, like at the time, it's very obvious from the album. At the time, I was going through some stuff, you know, relationship wise, like as everyone does. As everyone does. Um, so I had a line in my head, and usually, like um, when I write something, it will come from like like a one line most of the time. 
Okay. So I had the line in my head, um, that's such a strange way of showing me you love me. Yeah. Like, I thought that was, like, an interesting concept, and that's how I felt at the time. So Hayden, on this one in particular, he sent me just a guitar melody, and I, I, um, I wanted to use that line. So I had to find a way to set it up to where it made sense. And, I, I mean, I think we got somewhere where it does, right? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, as far as the, the lyrics, I mean, I really just tried. I mean, everything's true. Everything I wrote is just, that's why I say, like, some of the songs kind of write themselves because I'm really just, like, describing a situation. And that's all, that's all you really can do from a songwriting perspective. Like, this one sounds like you got broken up with. And then, like, but her saying that she loves you and, like, maybe... Like, there's so many things that kind of, like, float up in the air on this one. Yeah. Um, to leave you to speculate, like, almost like such a strange way to love me. Like, I love you and I'm doing this, like, for the better of both of us or something. Yeah. And, like, well, that's a really strange way of showing me that you love me. Yeah. It's... it's yeah, the, the I feel like the concept of, like, the strange way of showing that is, like, okay, you're saying this, but you're doing this. You know, do you know what I mean? Okay. And No, that makes sense. That's and I feel like a lot of the the music I write is I try to leave it kind of the door open to be interpreted how you want to interpret it because I mean yeah realistically everyone is going to hear it the way that applies to their life in a way you know exactly like you're leaving it open to interpretation just enough yeah so that's well, yeah that's a good way to to do it where. It's just that much more receptible, man. It's like just on the point enough. But like I said, it's still left room for speculation for me, even personally. This next one is really good, too. Like all of them. The, the energy behind this, this song is just like so cool. It just really has a bop. And the guitars on every single song, I'm just like, yeah. dude, it sounds so good. Yeah, that little DMB beat. Yeah. Boop, boop, but still like that guitar thing it, uh, yeah sounds so beautiful and hey. then right here dude this would have went up in the club honestly I know I should I just thought of that but that would have sounded good at the moment it was so much to think about I was like no which song should I play yeah. crap this one would have been so good yeah, yeah that little Oh, and right there again. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love these little callbacks. You're like tipping a hat to the Rock the Boat track. Yeah. People love that. Like, I get the waves in. I know, right? <laughs> I can't be rude. <laughs> and then right here. And the ball game ties back to softball. Yeah. I wanted to end this. I wanted to end the album with like a, a kind of brighter, brighter vibe to it. You know, I, I feel like it has a lot of like a spectrum of emotion, but I wanted to end it on a on a good note. So. This track was not originally on the album. What? Yeah. It was just a 
throwaway or something. I didn't know what I was going to do with that. I was probably going to put it out as a single after the fact, but um, I, I remember I told Hayden, because I, being on the road, I like call Hayden all the time, but I, I was like, I told him, I was like, dude, I would actually be like really stupid to not put this on the project because it's really, it goes with what we did and it has a place. Like, it, it brings a different spectrum to, like, a, a different shade of, of, like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. If it's on the album. So. <laughs> I know, sometimes it's hard to describe these things, but yeah. ending the album on a high note is it's a good way. I think it just, oh, and then this right here, oh, like, what? It's just, like, super gospel-y. This part really just, like, gave me goosebumps. I was like, damn, like, Hayden and, like, I don't know what they were. I, I produce this part. Uh-uh, for real? What? That blows my mind that you also, like, produce things, like, for this instrumentally. It's so beautiful. Like, <laughs> who is that? Is that just a preacher? Yeah, it's uh, T.D. Jakes. I don't know him. Yeah, he, he's a he's a preacher. <laughs> he's, like, a very, like, motivational preacher. Man, like, where do you get all those things from? Like, the it just sounds like it was... Everything was played by a seriously professional studio instrumentalist. Like, I mean, the, the way it's just all glued together so well. Yeah, I mean, I'll be like just digging through Splice. Hayden gets his stuff in a, a lot of different places, but for me in particular, um, I use Splice just digging through, or, and, and a couple other things. Like, I've messed with like Looperman, but a lot of stuff yeah. like, I've, I've used Splice for this. For the vocal samples, um, like that TD Jake sample, um, on the end of, I don't want to know it's a, um, Steve Jobs sample. Oh really? Yeah. Where oh. he, it was at the Stanford, um, it's like a graduation speech he gave, Okay. which is kind of crazy. Cause he was like kind of talking about like the concept of like death and it being a cycle of life and stuff. And then he ended up passing away, but it's kind of mm. crazy, you know, like you gotta pay attention to those things, <laughs> weird things. Yeah. But yeah, and then the other vocal sample was um, on acting out, but it was a terror and resonance sample. It was an uh, anime, but um, kind of the I like to think about the projects that I'm working on, like the sounds and um, not necessarily like synesthesia, but like yeah, seeing the hearing a song and thinking of like a color to it. Yeah, and I already knew that the the cover of this project was going to have like a yellow tone to it, like a yellow background. Nice. So that went into a lot of the songs that we picked, but I was watching this anime and the guy was like, your voice sounds like the color of yellow and all this different stuff. When I heard it, I was like, dude, I have to sample this. But yeah, I ended huh. up putting that on the end of acting out, but that's the, the, uh, like the talking you hear at the end. That's so dope, man. Synesthesia is something that I wish that I had. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm like, sounds cool. Yeah. Sounds really cool. As much as I know exactly what they're talking about, like, oh, yeah, this sounds, I get a blue vibe from. Yeah. I want that. But it do, it just doesn't happen to me. Like, I can sit there and think about it and be like, okay, I guess this might be like purple. Yeah. Or X, Y, and Z. And, and it just makes me think about how that really occurs to the people who, uh, like apparently actually, legitimately have it. Yeah. Yeah. Like the people that talk about like they see stuff like, or some people with like synesthesia because not all of it just applies to um, like music per se, but some people will like see a letter and associate it with like a food 
or they'll see a letter and associated that with the, associate it with a color or a taste. Uh, it's weird. Yeah, it's, I haven't even heard of that. Yeah, I well, I wanted to do research on it before I put that put that sample in it because I didn't want to. I don't think I have synesthesia, but uh, I do associate like songs with color. I can say like for certain, um, but people with actual synesthesia will like see colors. Yeah. So from my understanding, at least, but I'm jealous, but no, like the yellowish gold tone, like the, the album cover is super sick. Like, and the promo trailer for it is just like really cool. The way you bring in like old school pictures and it just feels really legitimate. Like I look at it and it, feels like something I would see from a mainstream artist. Thank you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I believe in this record a whole lot, actually. I'm so like, I was so insistent on us doing this podcast because of that. And it's coming out in a couple of days. Like listening to it just made me think so many things. And um, I I do want to say, man, thank you for, for mastering it, but not only mastering it, but like I could tell that you you care about the project and cared about it while you're working on it, and that meant a lot to me, really, because you know, um, it it didn't seem to me like it was just like any project um, coming from you. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, no, that makes sense for um, for you to take your time with it and actually like the record. That meant a lot to me, and and I do appreciate it. No, that means a lot because I appreciated the time like spent on it. I really, I feel like this project put me in a whole nother ballpark of my skills because something about this really spoke to me and I really was trying to like the way that I was, I would send y'all say like a few different versions or whatever mm-hmm. and seeing what y'all really liked was a huge point about understanding how to calibrate the engineering for the rest of the tracks. Yeah. And that does, that does something mentally. Like when I'm sitting there working on it, like all these neurons are firing off and just being like, okay, um, you know, I need to do this to make sure the highs hit the same way in this other, as they do in all the other tracks. And like the way that the vocals are like pocketed into the beat and like what y'all feel like is the right sound master wise for the track mm-hmm. is a big thing in and of itself like hey we want like the vocals like sort of at this level and it just it gave me a vibe for like just i'm used to doing a lot of singles and stuff and people kind of want their vocals somehow differently like everybody wants their vocals differently yeah let's just put it to that yeah and the way that y'all liked it and it's so good having two other opinions like you and Hayden we had that group thread for all these masters and all that good stuff it just it sounded even more right than the last records I've been doing it just really put my ear in and he's got he sent over really good mixes to work with in the first place I was surprised I was like okay like we'll see what we got here Mm -hmm. you know I agreed to this because you know I, I know you from us working on bounce it for me and I loved your voice and I was curious on like what your sound was really like. And this seems like it'll be a very pivotal, a pivotal album for you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Be sure. Seriously. 
Tuesday, stormy, 27. It's going to be like 27, stormy, S-T-O-R-M-Y. Yeah. Wait, I've got like such lexdixia. <laughs> I like sit there and like listen to myself and I'm always like, did I say the last thing wrong or not? Like <laughs> no, stormy, just as it seems like it would be spelled. Um, yeah, it it was um, like the thread that we did. Um, I, it was important because I've done projects in the past where I've tried to manage the mixing and mastering and it's not, at the time I thought it sounded good. And then you know how it is with like, if you put out something and then you come back to it like a year later, you're like, I don't like this. Mm. And I don't, not necessarily like me not liking the old stuff, but I recognize like the the errors that I made as far as like the, the technical aspects of it. So it was important to me to have multiple sets of ears to listen to it before we put it out as a finished product. And you came highly recommended by, uh, by Curry. Shout out Curry Sauce. Yeah. Go check out Curry Sauce. And like the stuff that we've done before, you've done a good job on as far as like the mixing and mastering. And, you know, you're, obviously I like your production. Um, Thanks. But yeah, so it was it was cool to have people that like I listen to their music and I can appreciate as well to give me their ears to listen to what we were working on. So we can, we can actually come together and be like, okay, this sounds good. This right here sounds good, but we need to change this, this, and this. So to have multiple sets of ears to put together for a project was important, I feel like. So did y'all really feel like y'all had something really different? Or like the way of whittling it down to those seven tracks still just blows my mind that y'all had so many other tracks to consider. And I can only imagine... Based on these productions and the production value in those, I'm like, how could these, like, how do you say no to other tracks and yeah. all that stuff? You know what I mean? I, um, just on that point, I mean, I would argue that there's songs that we haven't put out that are just as good, if not better, that we have in the stash, but it was more so the subject matter, um, <clears throat> what it sounded like. Uh, did, like, did it go together with the rest of the songs? Um, is this song talking about something that I've already talked about? Mm. Um, is is this what I really want to say? Like stuff like that. That was really important. Uh, like to pick the songs because I didn't want to press on the same points. I didn't want to make the same songs. And also, like even with acting out, like I said, it was initially a club record. Um, I knew I wanted to use it, but. The the first iteration of it, it didn't go with the rest of the project at all. Right. That one went through n numerous phases. Yeah. Four, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, to, to whittle it down was, was, that was honestly like really hard to do, I will say, because there's, there are songs that I really like that we didn't put out that we're not going to put out until like down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Where you just sort of, know what you're going to do with the rest of the tracks as you're whittling them down because you're like okay if i'm not using it for this maybe yeah do this with that track yeah um so one one question that i really love to ask my guests are it's kind of a hard question um if you were to be only if you were only able to listen to one album for the rest of your life what would it be one album it's kind of a thinker. Like hmm. I had to think about it for myself for a while and I was like, oh, one stuck out. One album. 
I don't know. Um, it would. It might be a Frank Ocean album, honestly. Maybe Blonde. It's cool. I don't listen to enough of him. It's called Blonde. Yeah. Maybe Frank Ocean. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big Drake fan. Maybe nothing was the same. Uh, I don't know. That was a really good question, actually. Yeah, it makes you think. What, which ones were on Nothing Was the Same? Um, hold on, we're going home. Oh, okay. Yeah, which was produced by um, Majid Jordan. Yeah. You mm-hmm. like them? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I've seen them live. No. Mm-hmm. In Atlanta. Lucky. Who'd they play with? Um, it was somebody else. Um, I don't remember who it was. Did you go there just for Majid? Mm-hmm. Yo. Yeah. That duo is so good. I remember on my Spotify wrapped, I think my most played song was Caught Up. I don't know if you know that track by Which them. one is that? Or is it... Uh... Caught Up by Majid Jordan. It's um, it's just such a good song. It It caught me from the moment I heard it. And it's just like this very specific vibe it puts me into such a comforting zone mm-hmm. i'm gonna put it on and let it play as i go and take a leak really quick you're good but it's just let just listen to this i'll put on the music video i wonder i might know it it's like, just got a feature from Khaled. like okay i know this song yeah yeah have you seen the music video maybe this weird dude is like getting him to try this hot sauce that's like spiked with something psychedelic. I think I have to do this music video. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Oh, you're good. Let's squeeze through. How many wrongs can I write? How many? How many wrongs in a night? How many wrongs in a night? Oh, ooh, caught up in a race, yeah, yeah, yeah. Caught up in a race, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm tryna keep faith, tryna stay real, not fake, man. Caught up in a race, yeah, yeah. Get the Louis from the Louis store straight. Packing it up, sending it to your place. Calling you up just so I can touch base. I hate how you. <laughs> this is cool though. It's a good one. How many Oh, Cali goes off How many plants can I smoke in the night? Blowing O's and I need them online. Not a lot of things that I won't try. I just bought a rose that I don't even try. Pink 
dope. I w- I'm obsessed with that song. I, yeah, I don't think I've heard that before, but that that is dope. Okay. So you think that the the album that you listen to for the rest of that you would listen to for the rest of your life would either be at Drake one, nothing was the same. Maybe or I don't know. That's that's a tough question because like I listened to a lot of we've. I think the first time we met, we started like showing each other metal. Do you, do you, oh. do you remember that? What metal bands? Um, I had showed you a band called um, Issues. Um, I think that rings a bell. But we start. We were talking about Under Oath. Like oh we were God, like the, the first time we yeah the first time we met we were talking about like I don't I don't know if that'd be metal or like post hardcore or what it would be, but yeah, kind of post hardcore metal. Yeah, I don't know. I listened to a lot of different stuff, but if I had to say like which which album have I listened to the most, it'd probably be one of those. Like nothing was the same, or blonde, or um, something by like Bryson Tiller, like Trap Soul or something. Mm, that's right, Bryson Tiller. I haven't heard from him in a hot second. Yeah, I wonder what he's up to. He put out something like he put out something a couple months ago, but yeah, I don't know. What's um What's on rotation for you right now? What up? Yeah. Some people throwing some hearts. I'm gonna pull up my Apple Music out. We'll take yeah. a look if that's cool. What's on your iPod? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So my Apple Music. Oh, you know, I've been listening to a lot of Paramore uh-uh. recently. Yeah. <laughs> and what's crazy is that I've been to, um, like, I moved here from Tennessee in 2018, but. Like the big thing is everyone there goes to Bonnaroo. Yeah. And their their um the lineup just came out and Paramore's gonna be there. And I was like, dude. But yeah, uh been a lot of Paramore. Um Oh, you remember that remix from last night? Still into your remix? Yeah. That was dope. <laughs> that was super dope. Go on though. Um been lis- listening to a lot of Pink Pantheress. Oh yeah, you were telling me about this. Yeah. So that was a, actually a big inspiration for like stuff that we did on this project because like she does a lot of like drum and bass and I don't know. She's, she's got like a really kind of unique sound. It kind of, she doesn't sound like anybody, but uh, yeah, it was a lot of her, but I don't know. I've been listening to a lot of different stuff. I see her loss on there. Yeah. So you can look, it's, uh, a Nas album. Huh. That song, I don't know why I have that song, but yeah, it's uh, so all of the like that's Paramore, yeah. these are these are drum and bass. That blows my mind. That oh, yeah, whose man's is this, dude? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. y'all go check out the track <laughs> that we did with uh, Justin Jerry Feels Good and Dollar Menu and Curry Sauce, yeah, yeah. So, this one, four way collab, who, who man's is this? Yeah, I always get it confused. I'm like, is it whose man's is? Oh, <laughs> who man's is this? That yeah. one's cool. That one, um, the fact that y'all were down to be on that track because it's yeah. different. It's like sort of like hip hop but bass music. Yeah, like just subs like woo, 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 woo. that. 
That one's badass. I, I I listen to that one a lot. I need to play it out more just because. Yeah, that song is cool. And I and the stuff that you added with with like the whoops, I don't even know what you'd call it, but like that, yeah, that ba- the bass line, like the bass that comes in. <laughs> I don't know. That, that shit's cool. Yeah, that one's different. And I was I was just so surprised to find out that you actually had a liking towards drum and bass because I think not a lot of people like drum and bass and yeah. a lot of people would just be like, oh, that's annoying. It just sounds like too much is going on and blah, yeah. blah. I got to give a shout out to my brother. Uh, his handle is DJ Cloud, but my brother's a DJ. DJ Cloud? Yeah. This The brother from last night? Yeah. Nuh-uh. Yeah, DJ Cloud is D- DJ uh, KLWD. Um, oh, I wait, didn't know that. Yeah. What? He DJs, he produces, but he um, he's really into EDM. So when I was like 17, he took me to this festival in Tampa. This is the first festival I ever went to. Like I've, I've been to a ton of festivals, but that was like one of my first like major exposures to EDM. So like the type of drum and bass I've been doing is not necessarily like the, the type of stuff that you'd see there, but right. it, it kind of opened up my eyes to like house music. Like back when we went to that festival, it was like more so like we went we, like the big people that we were excited to see was Foster Damas. Okay. So that was like the trap, the trap and stuff. But over the years, he's put me on a lot of stuff. But between like Pink Panther S and then like the um, Monroe, it's a um, drum and bass artist. Um, Y'all go check out Monroe and Pink Panthers. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, I really do like drum and bass. As far as EDM, that's probably one of my favorites. Interesting, dude. Uh, yeah, like becoming used to house music took a while for me. Yeah, like I liked the trap stuff first out of out of the whole EDM umbrella, and then that sort of bled into like some bassy kind of dubstepy. I felt weird about dubstep until more lately, where I'm just like, all right, when it's done right, there's obviously so many like subgenres and yeah. like ways people do drum and bass or dubstep or rhythm or hip hop, you name it. Um, you kind of just got to know your flavor. Yeah. But it's, it's just, it's what, um, solid alibi, solid alibi. And I were talking about how drum and bass is starting to make, I think some sort of resurgence. Yeah. Strange enough. Yeah. That's, um, I don't know. Would you, so would you consider like drum and bass, would it be two separate things when you're talking about like the more EDM side of stuff? And then I don't know. I don't, if you've not heard of Pink Panther, she's like a vocalist. She's got a really soft voice and it's not necessarily like hype drum and bass. It's usually like really chill. Like she'll have like a light guitar melody in the back going on. But I don't know if those would be two separate things. Like I don't want to. Yeah. And I don't know the drum and bass subgenres that well enough. Yeah. I know there's like breaks. Um, I mean, I would just consider chill drum and bass to be like chill drum and bass. Yeah. And okay. then, um, and then like more bass heavy or drum steppy. Like there's so many genres to just get lost in. It's kind of crazy because EDM is like the biggest umbrella yeah. ever. And yeah, you got everything from, from bass music to yeah, drum and step and Psytrance and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> People are like, I don't like EDM. I'm like, 
No, you probably, <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, probably yeah. something that you like that, that <laughs> is guarantee. considered that without you even knowing. Yeah. I will say as far as like the resurgence of drum and bass, like for me to kind of get more into it here in the last probably like year or so, um, Pink Panthers was a big thing for me. And honestly, like I almost hate saying it, but I found her on TikTok. Like <laughs> I found no, her. That's awesome. I found her on TikTok and like initially she was like, um, she did, I don't know, like the way that she did it was actually really smart because like the stuff she was putting out, uh, all of her songs were only like a minute long initially. Hmm. So she would put out little snippets and if you go on Apple Music, like the, the songs at the time were only a minute long. So I think it builds a lot of hype around um, her putting out like an actual project. And now she's, she has, a, I think it's an EP or, or an album out now. But for me, that kind of like got me more so into it and then, I don't know. Um, yeah, uh, as as far as the resurgence for me, because I mean, she is pretty big. I don't know if that would affect, you know, it coming to a, a larger audience. But I, I would imagine it, it it did because she's she's gotten pretty big. She's she's from the UK, and TikTok is something that I've been talking about more on this podcast because it started out as a music app, and it sort of went into a slightly different direction but you can still find the music basis and like all the dances that people like to make up on tiktok for like oh tiktok dance like yeah. what people call it and um yeah you know it's the logo is a quarter note and and it's attended by more people like than any other thing out there right now google Instagram, Facebook, TikTok is at the very top of that list over every other online conglomerate. Yeah. And it blows my mind. And I just had to stop being annoyed by it and just get with it and find like the right stuff that I like within it. Yeah. And just sort of get inspired by it properly and try to do a better job because it can, as you know, it can literally just boost up your career. Yeah. In, a short amount of time if you do it right. Yeah. I'd say the big thing, I've actually, I've learned a lot of stuff from TikTok. Like a lot of my saved videos are like technical stuff or stuff that we actually applied to the album where like some of the songs, um, they flow together. Like, uh, like if you were to use a sample from the next song, like if you had a song and then you know the next song is, uh, I don't know. I think we did it on Strange Love, but we took the guitar from Strange Love and put it at the end of Softball. Mm. But that's something I've seen on TikTok. Uh-uh. Yeah, so I was like, so, I mean, I don't know. TikTok, can anything really can be used as like a resource. Uh, you know, it, it has a bad reputation. And maybe in some cases, rightfully so, right? But uh, for me personally, like some of the stuff that I've seen on TikTok have actually been like super beneficial. Yeah, the life hacks out there yeah. are not really to be overlooked. I used to just hate the idea of being that person just mindlessly scrolling yeah. through reels. But it's not mindlessly. When you let the algorithm do its work, it starts giving you good stuff. Like you got to, the person that was putting me onto TikTok was telling me, hey, be sure to like the things that you really do like so that the algorithm tailors better to what you, it thinks you should be looking at because let's face it, they just want you to be on the app longer and longer and longer. Yeah. 
So, you know, follow those right hashtags and stuff. That's so cool because no wonder it flows together. Like the whole album 27 flows together so well. I didn't even, that's so subliminal about taking a sample from the beginning of a track that it's about to go into and Mm -hmm. putting it at the end of the track prior to like in a reversed way or whatever, like the, the creative direction that you take with that segue is everything. And it's something that gets overlooked often. That's why it was, this album stood out so much to me. It was because it didn't just sound like a bunch of singles put together. It sounded like each song was actually album worthy. And that's a very hard jump to make as an artist because you have to sit there, go through so many singles Mm-hmm. to realize that hey this this is why this song of mine sounds like a single and this is why this other song of mine sounds like it's album worthy yeah um that's like a higher order kind of type of mode of operation yeah yeah man i mean my big thing is i really i like i like to make projects and i feel like in the in the um current like scape of uh, the industry like it's highly incentivized just to put out singles yeah and you know you, you can you can do that and that's perfectly fine but i i like to make projects i like to me it's it's challenging it's fun but it's kind of like a timeless thing that like no matter what happens it, it, it if it's not doesn't go number one or if it doesn't take off this that or the third like it's something that you have for the rest of your life so i i like to make projects and a, a big thing is like I've been just taking notes. The last time I put out a project was, uh, or last time I put out a, an album was, I think it was 2018. So um, this is kind of like a return to form for me in, in some way. But I've been taking notes, like mental notes of stuff I wanted to do. And I've tried to put as much into it for this project as I could. So that's five years. What's, I'm, I can already imagine why it took five years, but go ahead and explain the five-year hiatus, quote-unquote. Yeah. Well, part of it, I mean, I put out um, my, my last album, which I, yeah, my last album was called Watch Me Paint 2. Yeah, just to be clear, he's put in releases in between, like singles, obviously. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We've put out two. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but just albums. Yeah. But go on. Yeah. So as far as albums, um, I don't know. It just didn't... like. So like I said before, like um, Hayden and I have shelved projects. So It's a tragedy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's stuff that's not necessarily... It's, it's not that the, the stuff isn't good. It's any, not, like, not anything like that. But it's something that, like, like I said, this is something you could have for the rest of your life that you could be proud of. So I don't know. It's more so that, like, just to put out singles between there, where I know I like this really. So I know I know I really like this song. I know I really like this song. To put out those as singles, that's cool. But to actually sit down and be like, okay, I want to put out an album. Um, that 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 came to me in the last couple of years since maybe 2021 where I was like, okay, I had that spark where I was like more so than anything, it's really sitting down and wondering if I can do it. Mm. So yeah. And a, a big part of it is probably something to do with like, 
I moved to Charleston in uh, 2018 and moving here, getting kind of acclimated, meeting people, meeting Strawberry Squad, meeting you guys. Yeah. Um, that was that was a big thing for me. It was kind of almost starting over because back in home in East Tennessee, we had people that really kind of kept up with what my brother and I were doing. So to move here was kind of almost like starting over in some way. Yeah, especially at that age, like 22-ish. Yeah. That's and, a big step. Yeah, also being on the road, driving trucks. I mean, I've, the last two years, essentially, I've been on the road for, actually since 2020, been on the road pretty regularly, just just traveling. So, yeah, it, it's probably has something to do with why I've not been putting stuff out for a little while, as far as albums. No, that's completely respectable. We all got to take that time to grind our face off and just use it as time to reflect as well. Like, let's admit it, when we're working, say, like, some on something that, in our example, isn't music, you're thinking about music. And you're just like, oh, like meditating. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I just have this question that pops up in my head as to if you were to... What would be the first music video that you would shoot off of this album? What would it be? I've been thinking about that. Um, so I would like to do a video for acting out. No way. First? In, in a perfect world, I would like to do that. But here's the problem. that uh, Soul, the feature on it, lives in Ireland. Right? Act <laughs> well, so, then what would be the first one that would be realistically doable then? Acting out is number one, ideally. But yeah. then realistically, what's number one outside of that? Um, probably, I've jumped around so much about it, but I was thinking about doing something for Ain't Right. Because That's the last one. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like That's that. a good one. Yeah, I feel like it's got a really positive tone to it. I feel like as far as when you're going to put out a music video, you want something kind of to be catchy that people can hear one time and have a pretty good idea of like what the hook hook is after they listen to it once. Yeah, that, that kind of stuff. Right, that ain't right. This ain't yeah. right. This ain't right. Feel like I met you yeah. in a past life. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool, man. It just makes me think about spiritual love and all that cool stuff, dude. Yeah. But go on. Uh, I'm thinking for this project, just kind of throughout 2023, of just putting out maybe a music video for all of them, possibly. But if, if we're talking about the first one, then maybe that song. Maybe that song. Maybe I don't want to know. Would be cool, but I mean, realistically, with seven tracks, you could um, you could put out one for each, which I've, I've kind of been considering. Yeah, um, dude, visuals are everything these days. Let's yeah. admit it. I wanted to get into the music video games so much harder this year because it just is such a good thing to get into, man. Like I. I love watching music videos like this. We yeah. were, we grew up watching MTV. Yeah. And that's sort of like the final frontier of every project is like the final thing is like the music video. Yeah. You release the album and everything, but then the real cherry on the top is like the music video. Yeah. And, um, and there's so much that goes behind that, dude. You got to find your right videographer. Mm -hmm. You got to find the right, like, premise for it 
You know what I mean? Like, okay, where are we going to shoot it? Do I need extras? What kind of lights are we going to have involved? How, how much budget? Yeah. All the things. That's one thing. I definitely, that's something I want to kind of dive more into is doing the music videos because yeah, I agree. Like to have a, have a, it's one thing to have a cool song. It's one thing to have a cool song with a cool music video. That's well done. So I will be putting out some videos for this project, but I'm also like super particular with, with stuff as far as like when I do videos. So I don't have a lot of them, but I've really been strongly considering just like editing my own stuff. Yo, what, um, have you done it before? So that promo video that I did, um, that I sent over. Oh, no way. You did that? Yeah, I edited that. What, dude, what are those? Did you get those overlays from a pack? Dude, I edited that on my phone. Did you? Those overlays looked like some tropic color overlays. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Uh, where did you? What app was that? I was just, I was just using this video. This It's called Video Leap. You know what that is? Yep. Um, like, I have it downloaded, but I uh, haven't used it. Well, I was, I was talking to my brother about this. Like, Cole Bennett put out a music video for Yeet, and he edited all of it. He shot it and did all the editing on his phone. Bullshit. Yeah. Like, he... We we all know Cole Bennett. Yeah. So, it, that kind of stuff is doable. Not to say that I would... If I was going to do a video, I would I would edit it on my phone. But me, I'm the type of person that, like, I'm super particular. So, I'd rather just do it myself and it look bad. Not look bad, but I'd rather do it myself and it not be a Cole Bennett level video. But knowing that when I got done with it, there's nothing else that I would change rather than sending it off and not being happy. You, you, you know what I'm saying? So Yeah, the creative direction behind those things can be really nitpicky. Yeah. And you don't want to annoy like the dude that's editing it I I support that direction. You if you can take it into your own hands, knowing that you made that trailer, the promo video flyer, I I thought that was somebody that you hired. It looked so professional and just well thought out. I I actually was become perpetually impressed by your skills and everything because I just meeting you, I didn't like the bonding moments weren't completely there yet, but we were working on it. And I feel like this album and this podcast and everything that we've discussed has definitely been bonding moments. And I'm so much more interested in you as an artist now having known this. And I hope it's the same case for everybody else as a consumer, because it's such a fun album to listen to. It's so catchy. 27 It's coming out on Tuesday. This is plugging that. Like, <laughs> I'm so honored yet again to have mastered it. And I feel like that's a big, that's a big sort of responsibility. And I get that. And if I hadn't been doing this for like five some odd years now, I would have just been like, eh, I don't think so. Like, maybe this other person or that other person. Mm-hmm. But I was like, all right, I'll just wait till I get the projects and see what I'm working with because <laughs> depending on how the mix is, you yeah. know what I mean? I was yeah. like, all right. Get-? Some people send me stems mm-hmm. and I'm glad that y'all send me like one track mixes that 
that's what I get to focus on is that's that's digestible. Yeah. And but, that but, but hey, is crazy. But thank you though. Thanks for thank you for for that though. For real. I think it's some some sort of kismet that you and Hayden have known each other for so long and like you you're both that talented. That's something rare. I I really wish the best for y'all in, in all this, man. It it's up to us at this point to do what we can to make sure that it gets the traction. Like nowadays we understand the thing about, Oh my gosh, like everybody needs like a manager quote unquote, like, do I need to do this independently or like with the label, blah, blah, blah. No, you can technically do everything yourself and it work out really well. Think about Russ. Yeah. 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 The, he, he released singles every week for, for however long until he just blew up. Yeah. Um, but that's what it takes. And I hope that y'all really felt like y'all had something special because as you're an artist, you kind of are hard on your own stuff, like a tough critic on your own stuff. Like, Oh man, I guess this is all right. Uh, yeah. I know. Yeah, exactly. I know, I know what you mean. We, we definitely, like I said, like when I've been on the road, like driving, um, called Hayden like pretty regularly, especially as we got closer to the re- release. But we both talked about like I, I talked to him today, like right before I came here, and we were both like, "Yeah, you're gonna get a feeling about this," and more so the feeling that it's gonna be well received. And I don't know. I try I try to say that like humbly, like I'm not saying like, but I I do feel like this project is like something different, like it's sonically. Like what you and Hayden have done with the mixing and mastering is on a higher level than anything I've ever done. Uh, I've I can say honestly that I've really kind of put m- my own experiences and everything like into this project. Like I've tried really hard on this project, and even last night, like when you played those those tracks when we were at, at Warehouse, like to see people dancing, having a good time to the music. That to me, like like when I was telling Hayden. I, I got a good feeling about this because I don't know. We we've we've put a lot into it, and I feel like it's good. I feel like it's really good. Man, I hope to meet Hayden one day. I hope we all get to kick it one day for sure. And, and even like I was talking to Hayden about it, but like Mia and him really could sit down, do some stuff, send send stuff back and forth. I mean, my brother produces too. But yeah, that's there's dude that blows my mind that your brother produces and that he's a DJ. And that sort of makes sense now that he was like sticking around and whatnot and um, just getting turned with it. I, I felt like I felt really special about that. Cause I was like, damn, like he, he's actually sticking around. And like, I could tell like when he'd just come up to the DJ controller and just be like, yeah. Like I love that stank face. And, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I achieved to get stank face out of people, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um, and and that really that really touches me, um, in a really good way, man. And uh, let me see where our timestamps at right now. Word. My 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 next homie that's coming in for a podcast is literally on the way. I know he said he was just texted me. Oh fuck yeah, we got a good like. Hour 27 right now. 27, okay. 
I like to. <laughs> I, I I will. I refuse to release a podcast shorter than an hour. Yeah, just because I'm used to at least an hour, and um, and so is there. Okay, I usually break my podcast down differently, but this one is different than that. Mm-hmm. I usually am like, "Hey, how did you get into music?" Okay, like past, present, future. What? How'd you get into music? What did you first listen to? Like your parents put you on, or what? Blah blah blah. And then, what are you doing now? What are you listening to now? What do you look to do for the future? And I feel like we kind of covered a little bit of all that right now. Cause yeah, yeah, the future, like for the music videos, the present as in this album is being done right now Mm -hmm. and past, if we can just cover that really quick, like what did you grow up listening to? Like first, like what did your parents listen to that you were around for? Mm -hmm. And then what did you start listening to on your own that your friends were listening to Mm -hmm. and how that bled into what you are influenced by now? Yeah. Uh, my mom listened to a lot of different stuff. Um, I, I really distinctly remember her listening to like when I was a kid, like Sade, like, um, like a lot of R and B. Um, my mom really loves jazz music. Um, but I have two older siblings, like I'm the youngest. So they put me on a lot of music when I was like little. Um, like I remember when I was little, I used to love outcasts, like, like I would watch the music videos all the time, and every time like Miss Jackson would come on, like I would get super hype. <laughs> but, but yeah, that, I mean, I don't know. I've always kind of been like infatuated with, with music since like a really young age, and then I, um, I don't know when when I was like really little, I literally remember like telling my my mom like I wanted to be a rapper like when I was little. Um, what would she say? I mean, she's like, okay, but yeah, I don't know. I, I used to like uh, Ja Rule a lot, which oh, is kind of, yeah. which is kind of cool. Cause I feel like he uses his voice in a kind of cool way too. Like the, I don't know. I used to like him a lot, but, um, when I was in middle school, um, we got a Mac and it had garage band. So Ooh. that kind of, I kind of started recording stuff and Initially, I didn't have a microphone, so I was just recording stuff like into the microphone on the uh, on the Mac. Yeah, it was dude. so bad; <laughs> it was really bad. You you got to start somewhere, but these people need to know. Yeah, I, I'll say at the time I thought it was really good. I, I personally <laughs> thought it was good. Hey, that's how you should feel. Yeah, and I would show people, and they'd be like, "Dude, yeah, yeah, yeah cool." Like, <laughs> but yeah, this shit was bad. It was fucking terrible. But <laughs> we've <laughs> all been there. Yeah. I'd say like more so like the more like the older I get working on music, like having more experience, the more so now I'm kind of like, is this good? Like, you know what I mean? Like more so now I make something and I'm used to making the songs and I'm used to like kind of generally how I sound like. So not that I'm less sure, but more so I'm more like comfortable with where I'm where I'm at. So it's kind of hard for me to tell sometimes if something is like up to par with stuff I've done before. But when I first started, I thought everything I did, like when I was like 13 years old, I thought I was going to blow up right then and there, <laughs> like recording into the freaking laptop. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's kind of how it started. I started putting out, I put out my first project when I was in, I want to say the eighth grade. And Oh my God. 
Yeah, so this, I believe, is my 11th project. Holy snap, dude. Yeah, but Whoa. I will say the majority of it, like back then, that's when I was young, Stormy, as I was going by. Uh-uh. Yeah, but my <laughs> my first album... Even in eighth grade? <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. It, it was young, Stormy, but all that stuff back then is just kind of... It's... I mean, I was in eighth grade. Like, the stuff was not... I, w- I will say, like, the the way stuff was written, like, because that's back when I would actually get the pen and pad and be just straight rapping, like, doing boom bap and stuff like that. Just, uh-huh. like, actual, just, like, straight bars. <laughs> and even going back and listening to the, some of the stuff, like, I could show you sometime, but, like, some of the bars are actually kind of, like, I, I'll go back every now and then listen, and I'm like, damn, like, that was a bar. <laughs> they, they were few and far between, but I had, I had some in there. But, yeah, when I was maybe like 18 or 19, I kind of went through like a, what I thought would be a rebranding where I was going to be like, okay, I'm just stormy now. And what kind of changed a lot of things for me was when I did a mixtape called, um, pressure makes diamonds. And that was kind of a big step for, um, where I was at as far as like content and actually having something that was like presentable, presentable to people where they were receive it. Well, it's like the first project I put out where I got like a really good reception for most people that heard it. And then my first album I put out when I was 21 and it was called seven. So, but th- when I put out that album, I, I had a really good reception, especially like in my hometown, Johnson city, Tennessee. Um, but that changed like those, those two projects in particular are huge steps as far as like kind of where I'm at today. Uh, but yeah, I'm super, super proud of all my projects, but those two really stand out. Watch Me Paint, I put out in 2017. I put it out in the same year as Seven, but that was a self-produced project. Watch Me Paint 1 and 2 were both self-produced. And this is my fourth album. So so are those still available online for people? Yeah, so they're on Apple Music and Spotify. Um, Watch Me Paint, uh, Watch Me Paint 2 and 7, they're all on all the... Uh, platforms and then uh in 2020 i put out an ep called uh, mr woods and uh yeah those were just kind of like light tracks that were kind of upbeat kind of pop pop rap kind of kind of stuff but, but yeah this it wasn't quite an album but that's kind of the my my backstory if you will that's cool man you've been it, the time and experience does show now having worked on the album and felt like it was mature. Um, Thank you. Now it makes sense that you've been literally, you went from young stormy, like (laughs) eighth grade type shit to stormy now. And you're about to turn 27 on Tuesday and the album's coming out. So seriously, you're going to be doing something wrong if you don't check this one out. It's so good. It's just really so good. I think for fans of of Logic, Post Malone, hold on. <laughs> All right, we're going to cut. We're going to, fuck. <laughs> All right, well, we're still recording on here, but yeah. for fans of Logic... Um, Post Malone. Um, those are the first ones that really come to mind. But yeah, 
This is episode 24 of the Pursuit of Sound with Double Crown. We've got Stormy right here. Philip, DJ Double Crown, your boy. Yeah, and thank you for having me, for real. And thank, thanks for everything again with, with the uh, you blessing this album, you know, working on it with us, but we do appreciate you, for real. Equal gratitude. Yeah. I'm really stoked on the future. There's a huge crystal ball for this album. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. I'll catch y'all next time. Bye. I think he is out. 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 I think.